Hey everybody, welcome to the Geek Generation. I am your host, Rob Logan, and this week I am bringing you a bonus episode, which I realize normally means that you're going to get something extra, but in this case, bonus just means that it's not something I really produced or really hosted, uh, so I don't want to take 100% credit for it. So I am presenting it to you as a bonus episode outside of our norm. I did try to go out and schedule some time with our regular co-hosts, none of whom were available this week, and that's going to happen every now and then. I'm getting really busy. They're super busy. So instead, I was heading to Anime Boston this weekend, and I had a great time. Uh, While I was there, there was one panel in particular that I was really interested in checking out, and it was called How to Become a Voice Actor. I've been told for a long time... Uh, probably since I was eight and my voice actually sounded like this, that I should be on the radio or I should be doing voices or this or that. But I'm not much of an actor, at least not that I know. I've never really tried to act. I've done a tiny, tiny little bit of it. So I don't know if I really have the acting chops to pull off being a voice actor. But it is something that's kind of like on my bucket list. I'd love to do like a cartoon voice or a movie voice or even just voiceover or like a voice for an independent video game. So if any of you guys out there make any independent projects and you want a voice in it, hit me up. It's kind of something I want to do just one of these days to give it a shot and see if I can handle it. Um, Aside from that, this is the actual panel, How to Become a Voice Actor. I did record it while I was at Anime Boston. The panel is pretty much presented by one person talking for an hour. So he's doing what I couldn't think I could really handle this week doing myself. I didn't think you guys really wanted to hear me talk for an hour without having anyone to break up my monotony. So Tom Whalen is the guy that is in charge of this whole deal. Uh, You might know him, maybe not him specifically, but you might know his voice from various projects. Uh, In G.I. Joe, he was Storm Shadow. In Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, as Jammerhead. In Pokemon, as Flint, Reggie, Cress and many, many other little creatures. He is also the voice director for Pokemon. So if there's a guy that you really want to talk to about anime voices, this is the guy that's going to be able to tell you how to get into it, and not just anime. As you heard, he does a lot of other stuff too. So very knowledgeable in the area. Uh, This is a really educational episode, especially if you are someone who wants to be a voice actor or is interested in getting into that field at all. Even if you're not interested in voice acting, there's a lot of great content here to listen to, too. So anyway, I'm going to stop rambling now and hand it over to Tom Whalen. Uh, This is the panel straight from Anime Boston, How to Become a Voice Actor. I like to do these things at uh, conventions, and uh, I don't know what other people in the business have told you or... People who smile, and they're like, follow your dreams, and blah, blah, blah. Oh, yay. Eh, eh. I want to be much more honest with you than that. And it's not always necessarily what you want to hear, but it's what you need to hear. Um, it's a tough business to get into. It's a tough business. It's, it's very tough to make a living at. Okay? Now, it's fun. It's great. And everybody who wants to do it, I, I do certainly recommend it. But... Having just having the great desire to do that thing does not qualify you to do that thing. It's something that you have to remember. Just because you really want it doesn't mean that you can do it. Uh, if that's the case, I would be on the Yankees. Okay, but it's not how it works. You gotta you gotta have the talent. You gotta have the skill. So the first most important basic thing I'm going to lay on you is if you don't think about, well, I want to be a voice actor. The important part of that is the actor part. Seek to be an actor. Don't seek to just be a voice actor. Seek to be an actor. Learn how to act. Get experience acting. Okay? And then the voice thing, whatever. That's just a piece of what you're going to work on. Don't limit yourself, but you need to know how to act. Too many people get confused with the voice, like that they start playing the voice. Well, you're never playing a voice. You're playing a character, you're playing a person, or a thing, or whatever, who has a voice, but you're not playing the voice, you're playing the character, okay? So I just watched the Attack on Titan dub thing. Did you guys watch that? No? Well, you gotta get a guest badge. You just skip the line, come on. No. But, uh, no, I, so, and when you guys, here, do you want to know who the lead is? 
It's, uh, it's Bryce Paperberg is playing the lead guy. Bryce is really good. Bryce was here last year. So they made that announcement there. Um, but like using that, for instance, if you guys get a chance to see that, a lot of the, you know, you have some people doing a kind of a voice, a character voice. It's a drill sergeant guy. You know who's kind of doing this? You know what I mean? And then there's other people who are just being regular people. They're just talking. They're just acting, okay? That is more important. I don't care what your vocal range, hang on, dude, we'll get there. Uh, I don't care what your vocal range is and how many different voices you could do or how great your impression of Cartman from South Park is if you can't act, okay? And when you listen to that dub, some of the performances come across very natural, and that's the most important thing. And let's look at this, because we're talking about being a voice actor, doing voiceover stuff. The, all the other work that's out there that isn't the anime stuff, all the stuff that pays better, you want to sound like a person, you know? And that's where just focus on being an actor, being able to be comfortable emoting, delivering dialogue, you know, doing all of that. That's the first thing you need. Different ways to do that. Now, I went to school for acting. I went to NYU. I have a degree in acting. That is something that is not necessary for this. Although it sure didn't hurt, because you get training. And getting the training, it's something that everybody needs. And it's something that is available to you, whether you do it in college or not. Uh, in most metropolitan areas, there, is, there are some sort of acting classes, workshops you could take. Voice classes and workshops. There are certain technical voice things that you may want to learn about breath control, about how to warm up properly to you know, expand your range. Um, if, if you want to focus on accents and dialects, there are coaches that will teach you that. That training is available. Make use of it. You need it, whether you think you do or not. Everybody does. Um, and the other thing is, the more you're involved in that world and that community, the more opportunities that can lead to, okay? And so I'm saying, like, if you live in the middle of nowhere, I guarantee you there's theater going on out there. Go audition, okay? The best way to get better at acting is by acting, but also by acting where you're going to get critiqued, where you're going to get directed by someone who knows what they're doing. What I'm leading to with that is the amateur and the fan dub stuff. Some of it is really good, some of it is really bad. And we could say that of the professional voice work too. But the thing is, you want to be getting, if you're brand new, you want to be getting guidance and, and direction from somebody who knows what they're doing, who can help you, okay? Which is why some of that stuff is not necessarily the best way to go. I'm not saying not to do it. Certainly, well, I'll say this because I have to, you know, you don't want to do anything illegal with the fan dubs and all that, but honestly, I find all of that stuff to be pretty harmless. Uh, and I think it all comes out of love for the material, you know. But that's something that is sometimes a decent avenue into becoming a better voice actor if you get with good people. But if you don't, it can give you bad habits and make you worse. So get out there in the community working with other people. That's, that is the way that I find new actors more than any other way, is I find them through other actors that I'm already working with. Okay, so I'm gonna be casting for something, let's say. And uh, sometimes I'll throw it out to some of the talent pool. Sometimes somebody will just tell me, they're like, hey, who's playing this girl? I'm like, well, I don't know yet. You know, we're going to do auditions next week. She'll be like, hey, you know, I just did a play with this person, and they were fantastic, and I, you should check them out, you know? And if an actor that I respect makes a comment like that, and thinks, then, you know, that will probably land that person in an audition. Or at the very least, I'll be like, well, have her send me her stuff, and let me check it out. If it sounds good, then she gets an audition. And that's the thing. It's like if because you're you may be involved and even something it doesn't you don't have to be on Broadway or anything. But if you're just in, involved in some way, whether it's in workshops or on stage or whatever, 
somebody that you're working with may be involved in a thing that you want to get involved in. It's, it's who you know. It really, really matters. You can be the best actor in the world, but if people like me don't, you know, can't find you, then, you know, you're not going to get any work. And jumping me at a place like this isn't going to help you, incidentally, also. Because sometimes it's like, oh, you know, professional is, the, is part of the key. That's you want to come across as a pro. Um, I do work with new people sometimes, but sometimes I, I want people with experience. I don't care if you don't have a lot of experience in the booth, but if you're an experienced actor, I'm willing to give you a shot. So like uh, with Pokemon now, Pokemon guys, um, I don't know if any of you uh, watch the, the show, whatever, um, you all look older, but maybe you still do. Uh, when we started this current season, Ash went to a new region, which means like the whole rest of the cast turns over. And a lot of the, like his sidekicks are, they're Broadway people, you know? Uh, people I've started working with are from, uh, dude from Sesame Street I worked with a lot. You know, people like that. And, you know, these guys meet other people in their business. I respect them because they know what they're doing. And then, you know, it's just the more you're out there, the more you interact with other actors, it can open doors for you. Um, so what I was saying about, like, if I meet somebody or, or somebody's recommended to me and I'm like, oh, have them send me their stuff. You need to have stuff. What is stuff? What am I talking about? Demo. Yeah, you need to have a demo. You need to have some sort of representation of your work that I can hear so I have an idea of what you sound like. Because sometimes people will be like, hey, you know, you got to read this guy for this thing, he's, or, or, or for something. You should audition him for something. I'm like, well, what does he sound like? And they might describe it, but it really helps I can hear. Because the other thing is I want to make sure that I'm auditioning you for the right stuff. Uh, that I don't, you know, bring you in and, you know, the role is like a Darth Vader deep voice character and you're like, hey, I'm here to read. You know, I'm like, that's not going to work. So that's, I want to know what you sound like. So you need to have a demo. Putting a demo together, not as difficult or expensive as it used to be, but it doesn't mean you can just, you know, go to your MacBook and go to GarageBand and hit record and talk through the MacBook mic. You want it to sound as professional as you can. So that's why I'm saying professional is a key word. That's, I do this for a living. This is how I pay my bills and I feed my kids. So I take this very seriously. I don't want to work with people who are not going to take it very seriously or who are, you know, going to not be professional. Even if you don't have any experience, you still need to carry yourself like you're ready to step up and handle this, okay? And certain things are like when you have a demo or some sort of samples of your work or whatever, that's a way that shows that you're a little more professional, uh, that you took the time and effort to put this thing together. When you have a demo, you wanna show off your talent, your acting range, your vocal range, but you also need to be yourself in there somewhere. Because sometimes I get like character demos from people and it's all these crazy wacky voices, but I'm like, where's the real person in there? You know, and I do want to hear that. And like I was saying, with voiceover work, all the money, <laughs> frankly, is, is in like commercial stuff. And that, people are just going to want you to be you. They're just going to want you to be real. So I recommend everybody, they make a demo, you should have a commercial track. Because if you ever really want to ascend to a place where you're, you can really do this for a living and you want to have an agent and all that, that's all they're going to care about is that you can do commercials. They don't care that you want to do cartoons. Now, if there's cartoon auditions, they can send you out and make some money off you. They're down with that. They want you to do commercials. You do a commercial, like a, 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 what they call like a national network union commercial. National network means it'll play on like, you know, ABC, NBC, CBS, something like that. Um, you can make over the course of the, you know, the run of the commercial, you can make like 50, 60 grand, whatever, for going in a booth and being like, the new Big Mac, it's great, you know, or whatever. And you make a ton of money on that. That's what they care about. That's why you want, on your demo, you want to have a commercial track. 
where do you get your stuff? You can just steal it. Like in terms of read real commercials, listen to things, you know, on the radio or on TV and be like that, that's a good match for me. I'll sound good selling this. Now you don't want to have like, you know, if you're 20 years old, you probably don't want to do an ad for like Depends undergarments, you know, that would be something more skewed towards older people. And vice versa. If you're like a big dude who's 50 years old and whatever, you don't want to, you know, play school, you know, whatever. It's just going to be creepy. So you want to you wanna kind of pick the right stuff, things that are kind of marketed towards you or whatever. And you can take ads and just transcribe them, you know, right off that. Listen to other people's demos. Listen to things that you like. If you have an idea of what you want, that way when you go to produce your demo, it'll be a lot more focused. Whether you're doing it yourself, you're having, you know, you're going to a studio. Uh, having a studio produced demo is almost certainly going to sound better, but it can be very expensive. The thing that, the, the real benefit of going to a studio or uh, some sort of professional is that they can potentially hook you up with other people. So if you produce your demo yourself and it sounds fantastic, it's still just you running around, please listen to my demo. But let's say if you go to Studio X and they produce your demo and Studio X also happens to be producing a TV series or, you know, hooked up with casting directors to do commercial auditions or anything like that, that could be a benefit. They can then pass that along and people you want to hear your stuff will hear your stuff. So that's another recommendation there. Now, in addition to your commercial track, being that everybody here I'm sure is interested in doing, you know, animation, anime, character stuff, then you want to have a character track. And the character track is where you show you can show off your range a little more. And you can put character into commercials too. You can have those commercials. It's like you know, I'm your armpit, and I need a blah. You know what I mean? How they have those commercials like that, where it's like you know, oh, I'm a big toe, and oh, you know. But I mean, you stick that stuff on your character track. It's better to keep it a little light and funny. I mean, you can throw some serious things in there, but it needs to move and it needs to flow. You don't want to like drop in, you know. Act two, scene one from Hamlet and blah, 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 you know, for forever in the middle of your thing. Even if you're great at it, you just want it to flow. Your commercial track should be like a minute long. And within that minute, you throw in five, six, seven, I don't know, whatever, different spots. Don't do like two 30-second spots. Have things that move. You want them to sound like they were plucked right off the TV or off the radio. That means production. Music, sound effects, whatever, behind your voice. It's not just your voice floating in space, okay? Same thing with the character track. You want to have, have the production to sound like it, it was pulled right out of a TV show or whatever, okay? And that's one of the other things that going to a studio can help because they'll have people who will professionally sound design it for you or they'll have music beds that you can put in there. If you're doing it yourself at home, Honestly, your demo is not going to be sold. Um, it, it, it is, it's okay. I mean, in my opinion, it is okay to use like licensed music. You're not going to sell it. You're going to use these little clips. It's a demo. The Rolling Stones are not going to come after you if you put Start Me Up in your thing. You know, whatever. It's, it's okay to do that. Um, but that's what I'm saying. Is you want to have it sound like something that was plucked off a of TV, which means to give it that full feel. Um, if you're recording at home, be extra careful. Be careful about your levels. If there's distortion, if there's, if I'm listening to a demo and something makes me wince, I am getting rid of it. I'm not going to listen to it again. You know what I mean? That's you want to make sure that everything is very clean. And also with the character stuff, uh, don't rely on effects. Okay? You're like, wow, I can play this giant like mecha monster if I use the pitch shifter thing to pitch myself down unnaturally five steps and then I can put this weird EQ filter on it to make me sound like a robot, whatever. That's, that's the machine doing all the work, you know? We want to hear what you can do. So avoid stuff like that. And the other thing is, like, it's like with having headshots, okay? You guys know what headshots are? Okay, I don't mean like, you know, Call of Duty headshots. I'm talking about, it's the professional picture. So that picture of me, like that's in the guidebook where I'm like smiling, you know, that's a headshot, okay? Um, 
being a voice actor it does not matter what you look like, uh, but if you have professionally produced or that look professional uh, headshots, again, it makes me look at you and say, oh, well, this person cared enough to, to invest in nice-looking headshots that makes you come across more professional. It's a good thing to have. But when you do headshots, one of the things you have to remember is it's super important that when I see you in person, that you actually look like the person in the picture. All right? That you don't airbrush the hell out of it or, you know, whatever, just Photoshop it to make you lose 48 pounds or whatever it is, or have wildly different hair. Not to say that once you have your headshot taken, you can never change your hair, but if you do significantly change your hair, you have to change your headshot too. Um, a demo is like that in the sense that anything that is on that demo, you need to be able to immediately reproduce when I see you for an audition, okay? So, example that I usually use to say, like with an accent, let's say with Russian. So you got, you have a Russian accent on your demo. You do this little thing in Russian, and because maybe there's a character on a show that you really like that has a Russian accent. So you just work hard to, to kind of get this line or two out in Russian, and you just work, take one, take two, take 48, take 50, take 65, I got it, all right? And you put it on there. But if you don't really own that accent, have it in your pocket, when I bring you into audition, I'll be like, yeah, so I heard that you did Russian, you said you got that, so here, read this in Russian right now, because that's how it's gonna go. You're not gonna get stuff and be able to study it and practice it for hours. You're gonna walk into the room, more often than not, they hand you a thing and they say, do this. And, you know, you don't get to do 65 takes. You don't get to practice this one thing. You have to read the dialogue they give you. And if you can't do it perfectly, well, you wasted my damn time by saying that you could do Russian when all you can really do is read that one sentence in Russian. You know what I mean? So that's the kind of thing. Anything that's on your demo needs to be something that you can just whip out perfectly at any time. When you put these things together, whether your commercials, your character spots, Record more than you need and then pare it down. You know, so same thing with character demo. Keep it to about a minute, maybe a little over. Make sure it moves. You know, there's no real stops in it. You want it to flow. And maybe when you record, you record a minute and a half to two minutes worth of stuff. And then sit and listen to it and be like, okay, what? What are the things that really aren't working the best? Cut, 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 and just end up with the best of the best. Okay? But the other thing is, you need to show off your acting. Don't just be like, rattle off a bunch of voices that you can do. Remember, you're not just doing a voice, you're doing a character. So be a character in a situation. Quick clips, but still, I want to hear some sort of acting. Um, so, in addition to that, uh, when you come into audition, you want to come across professional. Don't come in costume. As much as I like the costumes, the Neuvern, by the way, is freaking spectacular. Uh, but, you know, you want to look like a pro. You want to look like you belong, like you know what you're doing. And even other little details, like particularly if it's an animated thing, don't have, you know, if your contact information, your email is like super psycho anime fan 69 ah, you know. Get a different email address to use for that because I'm like, you're crazy. You know, and it's okay to be a fan. It's okay to be a huge fan, but when you're working, you're working, and you leave the fan thing at the door, okay? You can't let that bleed over. You may feel, let's say if it's an anime or a show like that, a pre-existing thing that you've seen and you know, you might really feel like, well, the character should really be played like this, and blah, 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 but you're gonna walk in there, the director, he's gonna tell you what he wants, or she, and that's what you gotta give him. Even if you don't personally agree with that. Now, I'm, saying, I'm not saying that you can't put your two cents in, but you want to give these people what they're looking for. And then, if that goes well, you can be like, hey, you know, I have an idea, can I take another angle at this, whatever. And maybe they say no, maybe they say yes, and then you do that. And that actually is not a bad thing to do, because if you nail it one way, and then take a spin on it that the director wasn't really thinking about, and nail it that way, it'll show off the fact that you know, this person's a pretty good actor. They can do this, they can do that. And they had the confidence to sort of step up and suggest it. But you gotta remember, you're not the boss. They are. You gotta give them what they want. 
So, um, anybody have any questions for me? Because I'm just going to keep on prattling on, but I, you know, hit me with a few questions here. What do you got? What would be a good company to start with voice acting? Okay, so voice actors are all freelance people, okay? People look at like the Funimation actors or something like that. They don't like sit in a drawer somewhere in Funimation and they like, get that guy out and they, you know, put him in the booth, okay? So they're all freelance people. Um, where do you live? You live near Boston, okay? So if you want to work on anime, get the hell out of Boston. Um, if you want to work on animation, get out of Boston. You know, there's not a lot going on. This is a nice transition for me to where, the, where you are matters the kind of, you know, that, that really matters with the kind of work you're going to get. If you guys want to do anime, there is a lot of anime, as you know, in Texas, all right? Funimation and uh, Sentai, it used to be ADV, whatever, in Dallas and Houston. They've got most of the anime. Is a little bit of anime in New York, the biggest anime ever, Pokemon, and Yu-Gi-Oh! continues to happen there. And occasionally other things. I was in Ikitosin last summer, which was partially recorded in New York, and, you know, uh, occasionally NYAV still works in NY. Usually they work in L.A. And in L.A., there's a little bit of anime also. For animation work in general, most of it is L.A. Uh, is LA. There's a bunch also in New York. Uh, Nickelodeon, for instance, does record a fair amount of stuff in New York City. Now, these are all union jobs, like things like, you know, the Nickelodeon stuff, anything that's Disney related, pretty much anything that's on national TV, and you're probably not going to get in that door without an agent. So, you know, if you're looking for companies to approach, it, a lot of kids like you guys dream about like, I'm going to move to Dallas and I'm going to go walk in when Funimation has one of their open calls and I'm going to be famous. It's not how it works. Okay? You can move down there, which will cost you a lot of money. You can get into one of these open auditions. These open call auditions means like all of you people are going to come in there and read for stuff. They're cattle calls is what we call them in New York. And maybe you get a role. But you know what? You know how much you're going to work? Like a couple hours, maybe. Even if it's a lead role, maybe you work for more than that. But it's not much money. There's, if it's a non-union gig, there's no residuals, which means you get paid for the time that you work, and that's it. If you have a union job, you get a session fee for the time that you work, and every time the thing, that it, the thing airs, you get checks. You get residual checks. Those gigs are few and far between. In the video game world, there are no residuals, which is something you will probably see change when the next contract comes up uh, for SAG-AFTRA. But still, you get a fatter chunk of money. Even so, you gotta figure out where you're gonna be and send your stuff to everyone, okay? To more specifically answer your question, where are you gonna get started? There are opportunities in Boston. Boston is a big city. There aren't gonna be really animation opportunities. There's video game companies here, but I don't think they do most of their recording here. And then there's like local advertising, things like that, you know? And that's a way that you can get into voiceover stuff. Are you looking at more voice acting? I don't know. Um, if you came to New York, you know, you'd look and you just, who is producing shows in New York? Send everybody your stuff. Don't show up. That's weird. Send your stuff in and then maybe have a follow-up later, say, hey, send an email, I just wanna make sure you got my things, thank you, or follow up when you have something to say or you have something to add, because you don't wanna be a stalker, you don't wanna be creepy, and listen, more often than not, you, you know, you send stuff in, sometimes people, they, they don't need you right then, or they don't like what you got, whatever. Don't, you know, hound people, because that's bad, but it's nice if you have something to add, so, you know, you send me your stuff, and I check it out and whatever, and then you end up sort of in the file that when I need people, maybe I'll go through and be like, oh, this guy, you know, but say a month goes by, two months go by, whatever, you don't hear anything, okay? Because that's the way it goes sometimes. And then you are cast in a show. Well, this is a perfect time to do a follow-up. Say, hey, just wanted to send you my stuff, just want to follow up and let you know I'm also going to be appearing in the show. If you'd like to come, just let me know. I'll copy tickets, whatever. Those are good times to follow up. If you 
are making an announcement because you've scored a role in some other thing. That's a nice time to make a follow-up. You want to have something to say on follow-ups so it isn't just gimme, gimme, gimme. Okay? Um, question. Somebody over here has a thing? Anybody? Well, are you Canadian? Then Vancouver is no good for you. If, uh, if you become Canadian somehow, if there is a process to Canadianize, uh, then Vancouver, yeah, there's a lot of production happening in Vancouver. There's production that happens in Toronto. You gotta be uh, Canadian, though, to really get in on that. Um, the, the, a lot of American companies live in a little bit of fear of Canada because a lot of Canadian uh, productions are, are partially like government-funded. They get government money because they employ Canadians. Um, so it's hard to compete with that, you know, uh, financially with, you know, if you're producing a show, but yeah, so Vancouver, only if you're Canadian. Yeah. How does one get an agent? Okay. Um, it helps if you have personal recommendations. So like, like an agent that I go out for, for commercial stuff, a girl that you know, was being repped, actually a couple of girls that were being repped by this guy uh, came to me, and, or, or like we were talking and they were like, yeah, you know, blah, 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 I'm gonna go recommend you to my agent. I'm like, oh, okay, thanks, you know, and they recommended me, and then, you know, uh, I sent him some stuff, and then I went in to see him. And I went in and sat down, and they're like, okay, we talked, and then he put me in the booth and he had me read some commercials. And he's like, okay, yeah, I think this is gonna work, you know, I mean, that was it. but. I got my foot in the door because two of his people that he liked were like, you should listen to this dude. It's like the same way that I get people, okay? Now, on top of that, it's, you know, you gotta book stuff. And if you have an agent, you kinda need to be very available for them. That's a thing with me because I'm booked all the time doing things that I don't always have. Now, I have complete and unlimited uh, accessibility to, uh, to a professional studio, and I'm good at recording and directing myself, so, I can audition myself a lot, but it really helps if you can go out when they send you out. The thing is, with agents, they'll run you all over the place. So it'll be a thing like Tuesday at noon, they'll be like, hey, two o'clock, I need you to be here. And if you've got another booking or a job or whatever, it can be difficult, and the more that you say no, the less they're gonna wanna call you. But the, that is the best way to get agents is to try and get a recommendation. Otherwise, just send them your stuff. Send them your stuff, come across professional, and don't stalk them, you know, follow up when you've got something to add, when you've got something to say. Um, this is not the case with everybody, but I'm gonna tell you, this is, is the safest bet. If you're gonna do that, like, hit somebody up for help, like, hey, could you recommend me to your agent? Could you recommend me to this person? You know, oh, you're, you know this casting director or this director or whatever? Make it somebody of the opposite gender, because, this, and I, not everybody's gonna be like this, but a lot of people are gonna be like this. If you and me are vocally exactly the same, and you're like, hey man, you know, can I talk to the people who hire you? I'm like, why, so you can take my work away from me? You know, and not to say that it's a mean-spirited thing like that, but it, it is competition, okay? So just as it, it is much easier to approach someone who is the opposite gender who you are never gonna be in competition for roles with. Or like, you know, if I went to a, a dude, but it was like some big seven-year-old black guy, like I go see Morgan Freeman, I'm like, hey Morgan, you know, like we're never gonna be up for the same part, me and him. So it's, you know, that's, that's just a, my personal suggestion. Other people would be like, oh, you should be nice and blah, 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 but eh, I, it, it's, it's tough to get parts, okay? And what I was saying before, like about the money, it's, you know, as an anime voice actor, anime specifically, everybody, everybody who does anime also does other things, because you can't make a living just doing anime. Um, you can, you know, it can be a piece of the pie, but like for instance, like with Pokemon, okay? Ash, who is by far the biggest part of the show, you know, she books two hours of work per episode, maybe three, you know, that's it and she's paid X for that, and X is pretty good rate, but still, like, that's that. It's not like, oh, I'm going into work on an episode and you're going to work for a week, or even 20 hours, or 10 hours, or right? two, three, that's it, you know? Um, and that's the thing, it's, it's tough, you gotta be involved in that. And another thing, and another thing, and anime-wise, there's just not enough of it, and the pay scales, a little higher on the coasts, a little lower in Texas, but that sort of goes with the standard of living in those places. 
Texas has the most of that type of work, but still, there's look at all the people in the talent pool. There's a lot of people, there's a lot of competition, okay? So that's the thing. That's why if you approach it as an actor and don't tunnel vision yourself towards just anime or even just towards animation, there's other work out there, a whole other type of work that is big business. Audiobooks. That is a fantastic way to make money with your voice. You need a lot of time, you need stamina, but audiobook production, and that is something that record from home has become a bigger thing. Having record from home capability, by the way, does help, it is a perk, it is not a necessity, and, but I mean, it is a perk. Do any of you guys go on those online sites like the Voice123 and all that stuff? Yes, you do? Do you like it? Do you book stuff? What do you book? Mostly commercials, that's good. You, build, you need commercials? Okay, so have you ever tried to get an agent? Where do you live? Okay, you're moving to Dallas for what? For Funimation? Move, go find commercial agents before you move. Don't just go down there and be like, here I am. You know, make, set up meetings with them before you go. If you're already booking stuff, that's good. You're proving that you can book. Don't wait till you get down there. You know, talk to people who are down there and be like, do you have a commercial agent? Dallas is a city of, you know, what, a million, two million people. They've got like union commercial stuff going on down there, okay? That's set that up before you go. Get them to listen to you, go down there. Yeah, and yeah, hopefully you end up in every Funimation show there is, but trust me, you need to get involved in that other stuff, okay? Now, one, I think one of the keys with those online sites, because you gotta remember, the, the, the talent pool is literally everyone in the world with the internet, okay? So, one of the things that helps with those is you need to be available. You need to, it, the people who seem to succeed the most, and I don't know if this is you, but other people I know, have the time to sit there and see like what comes up, what comes up, boom, that, and submit right away. Because if your submission number 17 or even like 71 that's you're gonna have way better chances than if your submission number 436 or 3000 or whatever so that's one of the sort of double-edged swords with that site also you have to really verify who you're working for to make sure that you get paid because sometimes shady shit can happen with that stuff yes and she's nodding yeah so um anybody questions throw me some questions you right there what do you got you want an intern at an agency? Oh, okay. Then they're not gonna hire you because you're using it as a backdoor to be an actor. So that's, that. if you want an intern at like a production facility, well, you better be interested in production. You better wanna be a production person. If you're using it as a backdoor into the talent pool, no thanks, because that's not gonna be your job when you're in there as an intern. You're not gonna be, oh, let me throw you in the booth. No, you're gonna be doing production work. So I don't necessarily recommend that, okay? Now, some other people might be cooler with that, but honestly, like, if you come in for production, that's how we're looking at you as a production person, someone who's going to be focused on that, not have one foot out the door the whole time because they're hoping to get cast in some other thing. So if you're interested in production work, yeah, you could try an intern. Some places will hire interns just out of nowhere, most places, want interns that are affiliated with some sort of college. So, you know, but by all means, try it. Free work? Hello, there is no corporation in the world that does not want people to work for free. Okay, so, um, yeah, let me throw that out there. But question, somebody, yeah. What would be a good time to get an agent? Okay, you need to be very confident in your abilities and you need to have booked things already. It's a weird catch-22, but the fact is, you know, when I went and talked to that agent, I'm like, I've done, all of this stuff, you know, and I've done all this crazy crap. The thing that really impressed them, I was in like a Super Bowl commercial. I don't know if any of you saw it, where I was like a dude who gets mistaken for a chick. Um, but, you know, I made a lot of money on that. And that's like when they hear stuff like that, they're like, oh, well, let me get a piece of that. You know, because that's you. You're just they're going to look at you and they're going to be like, how can I make money off of this girl? So you need to have booked stuff already because you like the position you're in. You know, if you've proven that you can book, that's gonna make you more desirable, okay? So you need to have some, some work under your belt. Not just the training, it helps to have the training, 
but you need to have some work under your belt, and you got to prove that you can do commercials. And the commercial style is definitely different than the animation style. Like I said, it's being real. It's just it's just talking about a thing, you know. Um, the old school announcery salesman thing. That's that is very passe. Uh, anyone else? Let's see. Oh, lots of questions. All right, blue shirt back there. How do I feel about what? Uh, okay, I don't know a ton of that, but a guy from GTA 4 wanted to get more money for his acting, yeah. and it was was it was a non-union job or a union job? I, no, Wait, Grand Theft Auto? Yeah. Rock Rockstar? Yeah. That's a union job, and which means that so like I, what he did he he wanted residuals probably. Well, what, what, here's the thing, like once you sign your contract, it's done, okay, you know what I mean? And just because the thing sells a ton, doesn't, contractually, does not entitle you to more money, okay? Because if the game totally flops, it's not like he has to give some money back. Um, I get where he's coming from, and I'm telling you, that's going to be a big, weird, and uncomfortable shift in the business in the coming years, because... Look at what the Call of Duty that just came out, right? That thing sold, what, like $800 million worth in a day? Uh, there's no film that will ever, ever, ever do that, okay? And these video game actors, they don't get any residuals for that stuff at all, okay? The film actors do, even if their film sucks and does, nobody sees it, if, you know, they still get residual stuff when it ends up on Netflix or on stars encore or some shit like that but that is going to change and that's probably what that guy wanted um you know when you're an actor you have very very little power uh and very little control over your life you're a piece of meat to some degree it sucks but you gotta understand that because you're gonna be judged when you act with your face it's worse because people are gonna look at you and be like no and that's it. Like, that's, there's your audition. You're going to, like, let me act, and they're going to be like, no. You know, they're, they're not going to hear you because they're going to be like, your eyes are too close together. I don't know, you funny looking, or, you know, whatever. They, you know, or they'll be nicer about it. They'll just be like, you're not right for the role. You know? So I, I remember I didn't get a part once because my, my shoe size was too big. I have size, I have size 13 shoes. I have large feet. Um, and it was something where they're like, oh, well, this, you have to, because of whatever costume thing it was. And I'm like, uh, okay. You know, so, like, yeah, it sucks. But, you know, um, and I don't do a lot of on-camera stuff anyway because of this. Although, when people need this, that's when I get calls, you know. Uh, so, yeah. Okay, so can you stay centrally in Boston, get work from Dallas, from LA, fly out there? Okay. Um, I would never hire somebody for something like that, let's say for Pokemon. Pokemon is an ongoing thing, okay? I might need you today. I might need you tomorrow, whatever. I mean, we're realistic, you know, because again, the talent pool that I use, these are good actors, they're very busy. But when you live many hours away, it might make you a pain in the ass to book. I don't have the time for that. Doesn't mean I don't think you're talented or anything. It's just a, a risk I'm not willing to take. It's not worth it. Um, but, you know, I do use guest talent on occasion uh, because I have lots of friends, talented friends in other parts. I don't know if you guys noticed that in Pokemon, like people from the L.A. and Texas talent pool show up in my show from time to time because, you know, I'm like, if you're ever in town, call me and let's do some work, you know, because I like working with the, the out-of-town talent nope. pool. They're really good. But the thing is, you know, if you talk about flying out there, if you're okay with losing money, then yeah, maybe, because they're not gonna fly you out there. You know, like you could, I have a lot of friends in, in Texas and LA, and I'm sure if I was there and be like, hey, can I be involved? You know, then I would get auditioned and whatnot. But you know, you have to pay for your plane ticket. You gotta pay to stay. And how much money are you making? Not that much, and that's the thing. Um, some people will do it as a resume builder, but at some point, you're going to need to be in a place, you know, where that work is happening. For me, 
I don't need it as the resume builder. Listen, I'd love to be in that Attack on Titan show. It was really impressive. Go see it. Um, but, you know, financially, it's just not worth it for me. And it's like, I don't need it as the resume builder. And, and to be completely honest, I don't really have the time or expendable cash just to go do it for fun. You know, I have a family, and to ditch them to be like, Dad's leaving you for a week so he can go be in a cartoon he likes. You know, it's not okay unless I come back with like a bunch of money and go, here, I did it, so now we can all eat. You know, otherwise it's me just being selfish. So that's not a very realistic situation. People are going to be like, you're not anywhere near here, and they're not going to consider you based on that. You know, if you're, even if you're going to be in a place for a while, then maybe. And certainly, like, for you, you're moving, get in touch with the people before you go, you know, and then set up meetings. And maybe, I don't even know if you have an exact date for the move, but you may want to do a trip for a week or two before you go, have meetings, you know, and then prep for your move. Uh, Sean Shemmel, you guys know Sean? He's Goku. He moved to L.A. in the end of the summer. And we were talking about the same stuff. It's like, dude, go out there. He would go out and sort of had his trips where he would meet agents and he would talk to people, and he got signed by an agent, and then he moved. And, you know, he's been doing pretty well out there since. But that's the way to do it. You don't want to just kind of, if you can help it, just kind of get off the bus and be like, here I am, because you'll be doing porn in somebody's basement before you know. So, uh, somebody else. Yeah, you. You, bald guy. No. No, it, I mean, you know, that's, I, you, I don't know if you ever heard Pokemon, but like everything is like, ah! so, you know, we have to compress it a good deal. And anything that goes on TV is at minus 10 dB, there's a limiter set, so like compression. If, if it's noticeable where all of a sudden your voice kind of, you know, like just, you don't want that, but yeah, you're, you're mixing it, you're EQing it, you're making it sound better. It still sounds like you, right? So that's fine. And that's actually a good thing that you're doing that. Uh, question. Yeah, you. General acting, voice acting advice. Well, if you're, so let's say specifically uh, for auditions, things like that, make sure you're warmed up, okay? Make sure that you got sleep, that you don't go in there and you're, you know, and you don't, Especially if you don't know these people you're auditioning for, don't burden them with whatever the hell you did the night before that turned you into this thing that's walking into the booth. For God's sakes, don't smell bad. I, I, and then that's not about you. I mean, it might be, but I don't think so. But, like, because, listen, booths have, like, cloth walls or they're sort of porous and stink will stay in them for freaking ever. So I will hate someone for a long time if they stink up my booth. You know, but, and, and you want to be warmed up, you want to be ready to go, you just want to be open. And if it's a thing where you were able to research the role and stuff, do your research, get an idea of what you want to do, but don't paint yourself into a corner. Don't be, you know what I mean? Don't be so specific. You've got to be ready to take whatever they're going to give you, okay? And just be open and go for it. The other thing is make bold choices and go for it. Well, like when you are auditioning for things, the worst thing is, is to be flat. Just, if you're doing a cold read, which means you walk in, they give you copy, and then you have to read it with like 30 seconds or a minute to prep it. That's a cold read. Make a bold choice and go for it, you know? Rather than just sort of be flat, be like, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make this guy a little angry and then just go for this thing and really kind of lay this thing down and blah, blah, blah. And then the director would be like, that's really good. You know what, let me take it back a little bit. And that's, it's better to have the director kind of rein you in than constantly have to prod you for more, okay? And that doesn't mean bigger and louder, but whatever, if there's an emotion or a thing happening in this, really go for it. Overact to a degree, you know what I'm saying? It's, it, but make a choice, that's the thing. And even if your choice is somebody who's gonna be sort of really sullen and whatever, you know, go for it, sell it. You don't wanna, you don't, just don't wanna be flat. You don't want the director to listen to you and go, I don't know what you're going for here. Even if you're going for the, the thing they don't agree with, but they understand what you're going for, they're like, okay, this person can accurately convey this emotion, but now I need to see you convey this emotion, okay? So there's, of a practical auditioning tip. Anybody else? Uh, red shirt, yeah. 
Okay, you, this guy's been on stage, he's telling me, he's done theater stuff. Well, make, now you make a demo. Remember we talked about that. So if you feel like you've got the acting chops down, so now get a demo together, okay? And then start to get that out there. It gets sent to whoever's doing the work. You know what I mean? Like whatever companies are doing the work. Now where do you live? You live in New York, very good. There's places in New York, you know? Just, that you can even look up on the internet. Who's producing what shows? Now certain things, again, like Dora the Explorer and, and uh, you know, like that's done in New York. All right, but that's like a union job. They're not gonna hear you unless, are you union? No, right, so they're not gonna listen to you and, and you're gonna wanna get an agent and then you, that maybe gives you a shot at that. But again, find out who's producing things in New York, send them your demo. You know, I work for a company called Duart, D-U-A-R-T. Send it there and then we'll listen to it and we'll be like, this kid is good or this kid isn't good, whatever, you know what I'm saying? And the other thing is you gotta be you gotta be ready and used to failure. You're gonna get shot down. You book commercials, but you don't book them more, I'll bet. <laughs> yeah. And it's part of the game, you know? It sucks, yes, but you have to deal with it. And you cannot take it personally. Because people who get all like, oh, nobody likes me. <laughs> Go check yourself into a facility. Get out of that business because you know. If you can't handle rejection, stay the hell away from acting, okay? Because there's a lot of rejection. But when you get that part, you know, and the other thing is success begets success. It, it, it's tough, but once you get a thing and then other people hear you and you can be like, yeah, I got this thing and you meet other people and then you start to get more work. I mean, most of the work I get just sort of comes to me. People call me. Because I've been doing this stuff for a while. So people are like, hey, you want to come in and read for this thing? Okay, and then, you know, you got to land the audition. Anybody else? Uh, blue hair. Well, you can go to websites um, and make a profile for yourself. Things like voice123 or voices.com, things like that. Make a profile, get your picture up there, put your demos on it, you know, and use that. That you have to pay for. Um, and so that's the thing, if you're going to do it, make sure you're making it worth your while and you're sending things out. Um, also, yes, having a website in general is a good thing. Having your stuff, when you make your demo, having it in a digital, emailable form. Some, you know, CDs, it's still a thing sometimes, but hard copies uh, are becoming more passe, okay? So, but have your stuff digitally and make sure your contact information is pasted all over everything. So. You know, I'm not listening, like, you know, if it's, even if it's just an email thing you're emailing out, the name of the track should be, like, your name, what the track is, and your phone number. So, like, or your email or whatever. So, like, if I'm listening to it, I'd be like, oh, blue hair guy. I'm like, he's really good, but how do I get in touch with him? Because I may have lost your email or whatever. You just need to make it as idiot proof as you can. So, yeah, there's, uh, there are resources on the web like that. But otherwise, you could just research, like, who's producing what, you know what I mean? Like just whether it's an IMDB thing, which is Internet Movie Database, which has production information. There's uh, like a New York production guide, that, if you're in New York City, for instance, that comes out every year that just lists all these production companies and things that they work on. And we'll often have very general contact information. When you're sending things out, you want it to be as specific as you can. Get it to the person that you want to hear it, if you can. If you can't, then you've got to go through general means. But like, if you send something to do art, just CC me, send, put my name on it if you want me to hear it. You know what I mean? Do art's not a huge company, so almost anything that, you know, that all ends up to be eventually, but like if you're sending something to a bigger company or an agent, it really helps if you get to that person that you want to hear it. You know, figure out a way, don't show up. That, don't do that. Don't wait for them, you know, in the back seat of their car with your demo. Be like, hey! You know, because that, that's one way to take them to prison. Uh, question. Uh, you, in the yeah, hood. Doing work for free before you get actual roles. Like, for, for what? For who? Like, fan dubs? Well, I was talking about fan dubs before. They, you gotta be careful with that. Because, like, if you, let's say, with anime, and you're doing some fan dub of some show from some company that you want to get work from, they might be like, you're picking my pocket with your fan dub and now you want me to pay you for work? You know, get lost. 
They may not. Okay? But the other thing is, it, the fandoms are tough because some of them are good and they're funny. Some of them are terrible. More of them are probably terrible. Same thing with anything else. More, most stuff on TV is kind of crap and some of it's really good. So, it, yeah, you can get some experience there, but you want to make sure that the people that you're, that, who are directing you or critiquing you or guiding you know what they're doing, okay? So doing some work for free is not necessarily a bad thing, but at some point, you got to kind of draw the line, you know what I mean? Because then people will just, you need to be treated fairly. If once you start booking things professionally, then it's like, you know, you got to have standards, you got to have minimums, you got to have whatever. Otherwise, people will walk all over you and you'll make way less than everybody else when you should. So, somebody else. Yeah, sure, if they're good. Like, if she's saying if you do stuff for free or indie projects, let's think about indie projects more. There's a lot of indie stuff out there, uh, independent video games, things like that. That's better than, like, a fandom thing, because a fandom thing, there is a technical, uh, Ill illegal quality to it. But some of these other, uh, there's a lot of, like, independent video game makers out there who are looking for talent, if it's good. And you've got to be the judge of that. You know, I'm in a lot of stuff that sucks, okay? And I do it because they're paying me. But I'm not gonna put it on my resume, I'm not gonna put it on my demo, you know? But that's, so that's what I'm saying, it's like, you need to make sure you check that stuff out and you're like, oh, okay, this is representing me well. Then yeah, put it on there. Because the thing is, it's, it, it also acts as, you know, it's the resume, but also sort of acts as a demo. You know what I mean? If there's like, oh, I can see your work here, then it's worth it, okay? Um, for a demo, you can take excerpts of things you, that you've already been in, which is not a bad thing to do, um, provided that they sound good and they will fit in the overall flow of your thing. But more often than not, you just create original stuff. Just, you know, for a character demo, make things up, write stuff that you're going to sound good reading, you know? Or pull things from other existing sources. Just stay away from impressions and impersonations, because if I really want Kermit the Frog, then I'll go get the guy who does Kermit the Frog as opposed to, like, there is somebody who does that already. Yeah. So, that's something also just to be careful with. If you do impressions and stuff like that, you don't want to pigeon yourself, uh, pigeonhole yourself as, like, the impressionist guy. And if that is your bag, that's kind of tough because that also isn't acting so much as it is mimicry, okay? Same thing, like, with, uh, you know, if you're, bring it back to the anime thing, if you're going to dub something, and you're just trying to voice match the Japanese as much as possible. You don't need to, you, you know, don't just think about I'm matching their voice. You're being that character. You are acting like that character. You're not just sounding like that character. You have to act like them. That's the more important thing. So, anybody else before we wrap this up? Uh, you right there? So, does it matter if you're not from the United States? If it, yes, it does. Yeah, because it just makes it, you know, if you're not a citizen, it makes it hard to pay you and things like that. So, yes, that does matter. Where are you from? You're from Mexico. Okay. Yeah, that can make it much more difficult. Um, now, you can get work in Mexico because there's a ton of work down there. I don't know how it pays. I don't know what the, you know, how you break in there. But, like, you know, for every American show there is, there is a Mexican dub of that show, you know. And anime especially. There's a company called Arvintel that does a ton. It used to do all this stuff for uh, Media Blasters. And their English stuff was kind of crap, but their Spanish stuff, which was done in Mexico, was actually supposed to be really good. So, anyway. Uh, give me one more. Say somebody, you way in the back. You. No, not you. You. Back there. You had your hand up. Who had their hand up? Yeah, you. You wanted to become a, a writer? Write for television. Okay, so if you want to write for TV shows and stuff like that, that's a completely different thing. Um, it is equally as competitive, uh, and with that, you would look to get uh, go to the WGA, which is the Writers Guild, and try and intern with them. But also with that, it helps to have a body of work, things that people can, things that, you know, like a resume, samples, uh, you know, things that people can read, that's something where interning will help you more, but WGA, that's the writer's skill. So, um, guys, I think we got to wrap it up. So, uh, I thank you very much. Uh, I'll be around the rest of the weekend. So, good luck, everyone.
To listen to more shows and see everything else that we do, head on over to thegeekgeneration.com. If you use iTunes, please rate the show and write a review. Please like us at facebook.com slash thegeekgeneration. Follow us at Geek Generation on Twitter and Pinterest. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at The Night Angel. And you can send any questions, comments, feedback, anything you got. Email that to podcast at thegeekgeneration.com. And as always, the show theme is provided by Machine Supremacy. A link to their site can also be found on our site. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode, and I promise I will wrangle one or two of the co-hosts into the studio so that we can get back to the norm. Until then, uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Later. Make it so.